As we come to 2015, a couple of things we need to know. or that We already know, we just need to go ahead and acknowledge. First thing, 2015 uh, is going to have its share of troubles. And, and no matter how you view it, uh, 2015 will have some tough times. There is adversity that will happen. And that is pretty much a certainty. Now, the, 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 the measure, the intensity of that adversity may, may be, uh, uh, some, for, for some of us, it'll be heavier than what we've experienced. For others of us, it'll be softer than what we've experienced. But the truth of adversity is real. No matter what we face, no matter what's happened Yesterday or today, we know that there will be some adversity in 2015. Uh, but we also know, as followers of Jesus, that we've got some protection. <clears throat> now, I don't know how you view the protection you have. <clears throat> some of us view protection in a different way. I, uh, I, I'm reminded of uh, the big bad wolf and the three little pigs. And the, the, the big bad wolf, that's the adversity. I don't know if I have to connect all the dots for you, but let me go ahead and try. The big bad wolf is the adversity that we're going to face. It, it's the tough times that are going to come our way. The big bad wolf, is it, those are the adversities. Uh, the three little pigs, that's, that's you and me. I'm not calling you a pig. But, but that's, that's who we are. We're, we're, we're the three little pigs. And, and then the, the house in which we're living. That, that's, that's the protection we have against the adversity that we're going to face. There is a certainty. The big bad wolf is going to come knocking at our door. The question is, what kind of house are we living in? For some of us, the big bad wolf comes and knocks at our door, and we're in the house of straw. And he huffs and he puffs, and he blows our house down. And we go scurrying away, and, and that house of straw is done and gone. And the big bad wolf wins. Others of us, the big bad wolf comes knocking at our door, and we're living in the house of sticks. And we've seen what happened to the guy in the house of straw. We're a little bit nervous living in a house of sticks, but the, the big bad wolf huffs and he puffs and he blows our house down. We should have been nervous. But, but then... There are some of us, we're living in a house made of stone or brick. And, and, and as followers of Jesus, that's where we're living, okay? That's where we are. As followers of Christ, we are living in the house that God's love has built. And, and we, are, we are in a solid place. We're in a secure place. And we know that in our head. We've done the engineering. We've done the architecture. We, we've done the studies. We know that that big bad wolf cannot blow our house down. But we saw what happened to our, our pig brothers and sisters in the house of straw, in the house of sticks, and we get a little bit nervous even though we're in the house of bricks. The big bad wolf's going to come knocking at our door. As followers of Jesus, we are living in a house that God has built with his love, and we are secure. We just get a little nervous about it. We shake and we tremble, and sometimes we make the wolf bigger and badder than he really is. 
and we make God a little bit weaker, we get nervous. And so as we look at 2015, I guess part of my challenge to us, to me and to you and to all of us, is uh, to, to see what God has done for us to know who we are, to see the big bad wolf, but not fear. In fact, uh, that's really what a resolution is all about. I don't know if y'all make resolutions. I I make resolutions throughout the year, not just at New Year's. I do make resolutions at New Year's because I get a new notebook every New Year. I got two this year and some pens, and so I began to write some stuff in my uh, neat little notebooks. I love new notebooks, fresh paper. Everything starts new. I love, I love new notebooks, don't you? Do you yeah. I mean, maybe you like fresh spreadsheets. I don't know who you are, but uh, I love new notebooks. I have all kinds of notebooks and, and uh, got one over there I'm writing in. I'm writing all kinds of stuff about y'all in that notebook, but anyway... <laughs> Uh, I, I love new notebooks, and so I, I start the new year. I write down new, re, new uh, resolution. You know, a resolution is simply this. It is a statement or an affirmation of the way things are going to be, the way things are. It's a statement of confidence and certainty. It's an assertion that we make. So today, uh, I want us to look at Romans chapter 8 and see the assertion that we need to make when we face the big bad wolf moments. And we're going to face the big bad wolf. He's going to come knocking at our door. And as followers of Christ, we are behind the, uh, the wall that God and his love has built for us, and we are secure. But we need to be reminded of that. In fact, in Romans chapter 8, we're going to look at just a few verses. And in a couple of months, we're going to look at, uh, well, in October of 2015, we're going to break apart all of Romans 8. We're going to spend a lot of time in Romans 8 in 2015 in October and November of 2015. Today, I'm just going to kind of give you what God's been working in my heart through Romans 8. I love Romans 8, uh, and, uh, and, and so I'm just going to kind of give you a Cliff Notes version of what God's been doing in my heart uh, as, as He's prepared me for this new year, and, and really the resolve that I have uh, as I look at 2015. Uh, to get the gist of Romans chapter 8, I think we need to go down to the very end. In Romans chapter 8, begin verse 37, here's what Paul writes. Now, Paul has just said that there's going to be a lot of slaughtering done. He's describing the big bad wolf in really graphic terms in verse 36. But in verse 37, he says, Yet we are more than conquerors through him who has loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor uh, principalities, nor powers, nor angels, nor demons, nor things present, nor things to come, nor, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall ever be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He says, yet we are more than conquerors. Here's, here's the resolution that Paul was declaring, the assertion that he was making, resolved to be victorious. Resolved to be victorious. That's the assertion that I'm making today. I am resolved to be victorious. I am victorious. We are more than conquerors, Paul wrote. More than conquerors is one word in the Greek language. It's a noun. More than conquerors, one word. It's only used twice in the New Testament, once in Revelation 8 here in Romans chapter 8. 
Revelation 6 and Romans chapter 8. And, and, and more than conquerors is one word, and literally it means victory beyond. Victory beyond anything we might face. Victory beyond any foe that might come our way. Victory beyond any circumstance that comes haunting us. There, there is no big bad wolf that's big enough or bad enough to rob us of the victory that we have through him who loved us. I am victorious. I am. I will be. But I am. I am victorious. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, you are victorious. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, this victory that I am resolved to have, this assertion that I'm making, this statement of truth and fact is not built upon the fact that I am an optimist, although I am. Um, some of you are not optimists. An optimist looks at life through a particular lens and sees, you know, good stuff. <laughs> Even when the big bad wolf is is knocking. You might not acknowledge that's a big bad wolf. You might say, well, that's a cute little doggy or something. Yeah, that's an optimist. A pessimist has a different lens through which he looks at life. Naturally, a pessimist will look at life through a different lens. And, and then there's a realist. And a realist is really a pessimist who's just trying to convince an optimist that he's wrong. <laughs> and we all have a natural way of looking at life. We all, we all have a natural set of glasses through which we view our life. But here's what I'm saying, and here's what, here's what I think Paul wants us to hear, and God wants us to know. The key for our victory is not to look at life the way we naturally look at life, as a pe pessimist or an optimist or a realist, but rather to view our life through the lens of how God works our life. The key for us is not how we look at life. The key for us is how God works our life. And that's really where we are. We're, as followers of Christ, we are sitting in the house that God's love has built. And, and we are secure. We are strong. We are, we are victorious in that home that God's love has built. But sometimes our pessimism or our optimism or our realism can get in the way of seeing the way God is working. See, God, God works in a way that moves us beyond any big bad wolf moment. And gives us victory in the midst of it. So as we look at this passage, we need to see that, that, that the victory is ours. It is ours. If you're a follower of Jesus, the victory is yours here and now. But it's not through your scrap and metal that you get the victory. Another uh, idea that we like to concoct is somehow that I'm responsible in some way, even a small way, for the victory that I have. Well, that's a dangerous place to be, and it's certainly a disappointing place to be. Because if you're responsible for the victory that you want to have, then you're in the house of straw and you're in the house of sticks. In fact, you've left the house made of stone and brick. You've left that house and you decide you're going to go play with the pigs and the straw. Or the pigs and the sticks. 
I don't get victory because of my scrap of metal. I don't get victory because I somehow have manufactured this victory that, that I'm enjoying. No, I am more than conqueror. I am victor. I have victory because of God, through him, through God. Not through me, not through Eric, not through what I do, not what, through I, what I think. I am victorious through God, and here's the character of God. He loves me. Oh, he loves me. We have victory through God who loves us. And that victory belongs to us today. So when we wake up in the morning, we're going to be facing big bad wolves, no doubt. But as Paul unpacks Romans 8, and as he, as he walks us toward this statement, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, well, why did he make that statement? How could he make that statement? Well, let's begin in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, where he says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and has weakened the flesh... On account of sin, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who are walking, not according to flesh, but according to spirit. You know what Paul was saying there? He's saying that God's love overwhelms our past. God's love overwhelms our past. There is therefore now no condemnation. And some of us are still plagued by our past. All of us are plagued at different times. See, all of us hear the hissing and the grunting and the reminding of our big bad wolf moment that teaches us and tells us that we must define who we are today by the mistakes we made yesterday or the regrets of yesterday or the sin of yesterday. See, all of us, all of us have that chain of shame and guilt that rattles around in our soul and tells us that we just are pathetic people because of what we've done. But when Paul writes, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, he was saying, nope, not true. God's love sent Jesus to die on a cross for us to become sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. God sent Jesus out of love to shatter the chain of shame and guilt and regret of our past so that we might live in victory today over what we used to do and used to be. Oh, our past still haunts us. And, and please understand what I'm saying here. We might still have to deal with the consequences of our yesterday. But we never again have to deal with the condemnation of our yesterday. I've been set free. I have been set free. I'm no longer bound to what I used to be. I'm no longer bound to what I used to do. I've been set free. There is therefore now no condemnation. Now, no condemnation. Now, I love that term, now. In the Greek term, it's three letters, and it means now. 
right here, right now. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Look, I'm not defined by what I did yesterday. I'm defined by what God's love has done for me through Jesus Christ, my Lord. That's who I am. Now, certainly, I regret the things I used to do. I regret the things I did yesterday. There are some things I'll probably regret that I did today when I look back upon it tomorrow. But that does not define me. I'm not chained to my past anymore. It's forgiven forever by God's grace. Now, here's part of our problem, and if I could just meddle a little bit. Some of us have such a problem with the pain of our past that we start identifying and defining people in our lives according to their past. We look at somebody and and we say, well, you're no good because of what you used to be or what you used to do. And friends, I've got to tell you, if that's who you are, you have missed it. You don't know God's love. Maybe you've never tasted God's love. At best, you're a legalist beating yourself up over your own sin and just trying to hurt somebody else to make yourself feel a little bit better. you got to let that chain go. See, the truth is, yeah, we all have a past, and the truth is we're all sinners, but the great truth of God's great love is that I've been forgiven, and so have you if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Oh, that's good news. But, but here's what I have to do sometimes. See, sometimes I wake up and the haunting voice of my yesterday and the sin of my past, even the consequences I'm dealing with today that remind me of what I did yesterday, the, that, that's a big bad wolf moment. And the hissing and the, and the hurling and the threats and the shouts of the big bad wolf come haunting me and reminding me of what I used to be and used to do. And it's in those moments that I need to respond by saying, oh, no. That's not who I am. I need to live set free each day. I need to focus on my set free status every morning. I need to wake up in the morning and I don't need to pick up the chain and put it back on my wrist. I need to look at the chain and say, you have been destroyed by the love of God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. I need to live set free. Every day, I have to remind myself that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's a simple verse to remember, but it can change your life every day. There is therefore now no condemnation. And even when people try to throw some little condemnation on top of you, you can look and you say, I don't know what you're trying to do. I've been set free. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Resolved. I am victorious because God's love has set me free. God's love overwhelms my past. Not only does God's love overwhelm my past, but God's love empowers our present. Our here and now, this right now moment, God's love empowers us here and now. now again, I can't, 
I can't, I can't dig through all of Romans 8 in, 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 in this short period of time. And that's why we're going to do it in October. And, and we're skipping some of this good stuff. But you need to come back because it's really, really, really good stuff. But, but, uh, but, but I do want us to hit some of the high points because God was reminding me that I'm not defined by what I used to do. And my, the, the consequences of my choices of yesterday, many of them still remain, Okay. But I am no longer living under the condemnation of them. And even if I'm dealing with the consequences of choices I made yesterday, here's the good news that God is empowering me in my present to deal with those consequences in victory. Here's good news for us. My today is victorious. My today is victorious because of God's love. Now, what did God's love do? Go on down to verse 14. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14, Paul writes, he says, uh, he says uh, uh, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. By whom we cry out, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself, bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if we are children of God, then we are heirs of God. Just stop right there. Let me talk just for a second. The reason, the reason we have strength in our present is because we belong to our Father, and the Father leads us by his Spirit. Verse 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. If you flip that on its head, which you can do in the Greek, it, it, it means that, that uh, if you're a son of God, then you're going to be led by the Spirit of God. Do you not realize that God poured His Spirit within you so that you and I, as followers of Christ, can have immediate intimacy with God? So that we live in that immediate intimacy. His permanent powerful love is pulsing through our soul here and now every single day. The Spirit of God is navigating us through the consequences that we face, through the difficulties that come our way. Every big bad wolf moment, the Spirit of God is, is pulsing through our soul to lead us through those big bad wolf moments. We receive the spirit of adoption, not the spirit of bondage again to fear. 1 John chapter 4.18 says that perfect love casts out fear. But where does that perfect love come from? Well, that perfect love doesn't come from soap opera digest. It doesn't come from the Kardashians. That perfect love comes from God himself. He pours his love within us through his spirit so that we no longer fear when the big bad wolf is huffing and puffing. We're sitting behind the wall that God's love has built in absolute confidence because God is sitting right next to us saying, hey, I got this. See, here's the good news for us. Because the spirit of God dwells within us, not only does he lead us, but he is with us. With us. He's not some distant deity out there, unconcerned with what's going on in our life. You look down in verse 31, he says, If God is for us, who can be against us? If God who didn't, if God 
sent his own son, didn't spare his own son, but willingly gave him up for us all, how will he not with his son freely give us all good things? You know what that means? If God's going to take care of your eternity, make sure and know that he's going to take care of your here and now. He says, I'm with you. I've got this. Not only that, but in the midst of our fearful moments, even when our mind starts playing tricks on us and we start thinking that the big bad wolf is bigger and badder than the, than the, than the God who made this wall behind which we sit, we start thinking like that. Here's what begins to happen. We start crying out, Dad, help us. And God is sitting next to us. He takes us by the hand. He pulls us up in his lap and he says, hey, I got this. Hey, I got you. Look, the reason we find strength is because God gives us strength from the inside out. And the storm is raging, and the wind is blowing, and the big bad wolf is huffing and puffing and huffing and puffing and huffing and puffing, but we are strong, not because any of our circumstances change, but because God is sitting with us and we're sitting in his lap. And he's holding on to us, and he says, I've got this, and I've got you. See, sometimes we, we, we find strength um, when God does the miracle. And, boy, I love the miracle, don't you? I love the miracle. That's God working from the outside in. That's God sending, sending the, 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 uh, um, uh, the hunter to kill the big bad wolf. Can I say that? Do I? Okay, I can't. We still believe in hunting, don't we? Hunting, gathering. Okay, all right. Uh, just saying. Uh, but, but the hunt, Alaskan bush people, have you ever seen? It? Anyway, all right. So uh, the, the, hunter, the hunter comes and, and slays the big bad wolf. And boy, we rejoice because that's, that's God doing the miracle. That's God fixing the problem from the outside in. That's God calming the storm from the outside in. That's God stopping the rain from the outside in. I love the miracles. I pray for the miracles. I rejoice in the miracles. I believe in the miracles. How about you? So I love that. But do you know that the normal way that God supernaturally works is from the inside out, not the outside in? Now hear this. The normal way that God supernaturally works is to build the strength from the inside out, to inspire us by His Spirit with the strength and the power of His love from the inside out, to let us know that He is our Father and He's got us in His life and He's got us. He's got the situation under control. We need not fear because we're in the lap of the Father. And so I'm going to live each moment from the inside out, strengthened and empowered by the presence of the living God sitting right with me and me with Him. And I'm going to celebrate even the big bad wolf moments, knowing that God's got this and God's got me, and so I'm okay. So here's the problem, though. See, the problem for us is not that God moves or changes. God's always got his arms open and he's got his hand outstretched. The question is, are we living each moment of the day taking the hand of the Father and curling up in his lap? See, the reason we lack strength for the present is because we're pushing away the hand of the only one who can give us that strength. 
and we're going to go play with the pigs and the straw and the sticks. But if we will sit and just rest in the love of the Father, then we will find strength for today. If God did not spare his own son, but freely gave him up for us all, will he not also freely with Jesus give us all good things? You know what that means? God is the loving Father, and he's going to take care of our rescue, the big picture rescue. He's going to take care of us. He's going to to take care of our eternity. He's going to take care of our sin. He's going to make us right with himself through Jesus Christ. Now, if God loves us so much that he'll take care of the greater part, then we need to trust that God loves us enough to take care of the lesser things. The lesser things. Where am I going to sleep tonight? What am I going to eat today? How bad are the Cowboys going to beat the Detroit Lions? The lesser things. Y'all need to calm down. We take care of the lesser things. That doesn't even get on God's radar screen. Make no mistake. Anyway, we, we, need, to, we, need, to, we need to exercise our faith by resting in his lap. Holding his hand. See, here's the other part. Sometimes our present is so difficult that we don't even know what to do about it. The big bad wolf is out there and we don't even know how to respond. We don't even know what to ask. And that's when, that's when the Spirit of God starts working. You look at verse 26, 27. Here's, he, says, he says, and the Spirit works in our weaknesses so that even when we don't know what to say, the Spirit speaks with groanings that we cannot even utter. And he makes the appeal to God. So here's the good news. When we are yielded to the Spirit, when we are sitting in the lap of the Father, even when the big bad wolf moments are something that we can't even understand or describe, God by His Spirit makes it okay. All we have to do is acknowledge, God, I can't handle this one. God, I can't handle this at all. Help. And the Father in His love holds our hand holds us, and he says, I got this, and I got you. God's love empowers our present and overwhelms our past, but God's love also secures our future. He he secures our future. Now, uh, when we look at this passage, we we need to understand that there's, there's this future that, that, that Paul's looking at. It's not, just, it's not future just in terms of 2016. You know, when we think of future, we're thinking 2016 or 2017. Some of us are forward thinking, we're thinking 2020, right? And that's future. Now, <clears throat> and, and some of this passage, most of this passage that talks about the future, the hope of the future is talking beyond 2020, I think. I mean, Jesus could come, and then we're smack dab in the middle of that future. But, but it, it's talking about eternity. It's talking about, it's talking about big picture future. It's talking about eternal future. And, and, and the good news is that when we're sitting in the house that God's love is built through Christ, our eternity is secure. We, we are okay for eternity. 
but also our tomorrow is secure. Do you realize that God loves you so much that he's not just going to take care of you in the here and now? He's not just going to take care of your yesterday, but we are victorious because God takes care of our tomorrow. You look down in verse 28, Romans chapter 8, 28. Um, Again, 28 and 29, I'm just going to touch on them, and there is a whole load of hay in there that I need to unload and unpack and and, and it is so full and so rich, and there are a lot of questions in those two verses that, that we need to ask and answer and try to find some answers to that I can't, I can't deal with the whole of the text, the whole of those verses, even some of the words in the verses um, uh, adequately in three or four minutes or even 25 minutes. We may have to take two weeks on those two verses uh, in October and November. But if I could just give you a snapshot of what, this, what he's saying. Romans chapter 8. For all things work together. Do y'all know the verse? I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just curious. We, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. We know. We know. That's an assertion. That's resolved. And we know. That all things, uh, if I can break that down, all things in the Greek means all things. All things work together for the good for those who love God to those who are the called according to his purpose. Now, there are, there's a lot in there, but here's the snapshot. The snapshot is simply this. If you belong to God, if you're in his family, then God is taking whatever you face today, whatever you have faced yesterday, whatever you face in the days ahead, he is taking everything in the landscape of your life and he is transforming even the tragedies and the trauma into something beautiful. Now, I know that's hard to taste sometimes, especially when you're in the midst of the tragedy and the trauma. I, I, look, I know. I know it's hard to see that there is something beautiful going to happen on the other side of this. But here is where we exercise our faith. I'm victorious because I know that God is taking this moment, this suffering that I'm going through, this, this pain that, 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 that I'm in, this, this overwhelming uh, defeat that I'm feeling, God's taking it and He is transforming it into something beautiful and something good. He is transforming it into something good. And that good is not just waiting for me in heaven, it's waiting for me just around the bend. God is doing that work right now. You might not see it, you might not even feel it, but you can declare it. See, when God says, I've got this, I've got you, He, he means it not just for you today, but for every day of your life till you meet him face to face. And God has a good purpose, and that purpose is formed by his love for you. And he is taking even the suffering and the struggle, the big bad wolf moments of your today and your tomorrow, and he is making them into something beautiful, a masterpiece, something good. You know what good means? Beneficial. 
beautiful, pleasant, gorgeous, awesome. God has taken even the worst of it. And he is doing what only he and his love can do. And he's making it beautiful. So you go down, verse 31, he says, he says, uh, what, 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 what shall we say? If God is for us, who then can be against us? The reason our future is secure is because God is for us. Get this, for us. That means he is on our side. That means he has aligned himself with us. That means he is in relationship with us. It means that he is for our benefit and for our good. God is for us. God is for us. Not God will be for us. Not just God used to be for us, but God is for us. God is for us when we do it right and even when we do it wrong. God is for us. God is for us when we remember and chain and are chained to our past more than we should be. God is still for us when, when our present, when we start focusing on a big bad wolf and we forget we've been set free and that God has got this. We, we need to know that God is still for us. And then when we look at our tomorrow and we shake and tremble in fear, we need to understand that God is still for us. God is for us. Not just God has been for us or God will be for us. God is for you today. For your good. For your blessing. For your protection. See, our future is secure because God is for us. And we need to wake up every morning and we need to remember that God is for us, for me. A loving father is always for his children, no matter what. A loving father will pay any price for the good of his children. A loving father is for his children. God is the perfect loving father who loves us so much that he sent Jesus to die for us. And if he did not spare his own son, make no mistake, he'll take care of every big bad wolf that comes your way today or tomorrow. Our future is secure. So we sit behind this wall in the middle of this home made with sticks. No. Made with straw? No. Made with bricks that God's love has built. We sit in this home that God and His love has built for us and the big bad wolf comes huffing and puffing and we sit confidently in the lap of our Father. We've been set free. God's with us. And God is for us. So I'm resolved. I am victorious. No matter what slaughter we may see, no matter how fearful our neighbors may be, we are more than conquerors through him who has loved us.